Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. This is Shannon, and I am here today with Stacy, Mika, and Natalia, and we are talking about books centered around music. And there were so many great things to choose from. I know we've left a bunch out, but that's okay, because that just means we can revisit this topic sometime soon. So I'm going to do the usual housekeeping information. Then I will turn things over to Mika. I will follow her, then Stacy, and then of course, Natalia, who must always be in last place. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So... In preparing for this episode, I asked on Twitter about some books, um, about books that had lots of like a good musical theme. And one of the things that I wrote was like, I really want to read about hot lady barge wrecking shit. Like, (laughs) that's what I told them. And now that is a trope that I need in my life, (laughs) like forever. Um, But the book I want to first talk about, it's kind of an oldie, but a goodie. Um. So it is an, it is a standalone novella called After the Music by Christine Feehan. And I thought a lot about Stacy when I um, was thinking about this book because Stacy loves our brooding heroes. And yes, I do. This man um, was Dylan. He's a rock star and he lives on his own private island. Um, and um, his he's disfigured after a terrible fire that happened what? where he and where his wife dies. And there's a nanny that's taking care of the kids and she brings him, brings them to the island. Um, like, I believe like around Christmas. <clears throat> um, and one of the reviews for the book said that it's like, it's like the sound of music meets Phantom of the Opera. And I absolutely <laughs> agree. <laughs> um, because Dylan is so broody and so like, I am, I have, I am so tortured and dark. <laughs> um, and Jessica is kind of like the lighter, like she's like the Mary Poppins, <laughs> you know, she's oh like God. the governor, the governess. Where she's like very sunshiny, but with an edge. And then there's these two like really super adorable children and the it's haunting and kind of over the top um, plot wise. There's not, it's not connected to any of her other worlds. Um, And it's a pretty fun read. Um, And it's a pretty short read, but it's also pretty dark and intense and kind of sexy and um, and there's also, you know, there's some, there's some kids and they're all like working through this trauma that happened with their mother dying. And um, now they are having to be around a father that they don't really know all that well. So, yeah, so that's, it's a, it's a great kind of musical um, book with the kind of brooding heroes that I know you love. So um, yes. again, the book is called, it's a novella, and it's called After the Music by Christine Feehan. And why have I not read this? Because I'm really confused because. <laughs> you may not know like, what it was about. I think you will like it a lot. 
Yeah. Had you read it, Shannon? I have not. I didn't even know it existed. So my first pick tonight takes us deep into the world of K-pop. This was a debut novel last year. This is I'll Be the One by Lila Lee. This is a young adult novel um, with such a lovely romance thread, but also so much about body positivity, about music, about being firm in who you are, even when you are a young teenager and the world seems like it's kind of against you. Our heroine is Sky Shin, and all of her life, she has been hearing this constant refrain of like all the things that fat girls shouldn't do. And unfortunately, all of this comes from her mother. And this is really, really hard for Sky because she wants her mother's approval. And yet a part of her feels like nothing she can do will ever like make that possible. But she decides that it's time to sort of stop trying to live up to her mom's expectations and actually chase her own dream. So she auditions for this sort of like K-pop version of American Idol. And she auditions for both the singing and the dancing portion. So she's working super hard to advance in this competition. And she finds that while many of her... um, but competitors are supportive of her. There is a host on the show who is super, super inappropriate to her and makes all these comments about her weight, which are not, not at all kind. But Skye is just determined that she's going to prove everyone wrong. Um, her mom, this host, anyone who looks at her and says that she should not achieve her dream because of, of her body. And she sets out to, to do just that. And I loved everything about her, her confidence. I loved hearing about her talent. But I loved just watching someone who's so young, like 16, 17, and having this confidence that even as a woman who's almost 41, like I sometimes don't have. Um, and it was just such a, a touchingly beautiful story in so many ways. Um, her love for music really shines through the whole book, but also her need to really love herself in the way that she feels that other people like aren't doing for her. And parts of it are super hard to read. There's a lot of like fat phobic language here, but in spite of that, like Sky triumphs in such a beautiful way. So this is I'll Be the One, and it's by Lila Lee. It's so it sounds lovely. like a really good book. It is. It's sad in places, but it's like ultimately so, so triumphant. So as Shannon may attest... I really struggled with what to talk about this episode because whenever I think books that include music, I want to talk about something that's related to the Phantom of the Opera, like always and forever. <laughs> and I, I read um, Ghost Dance by Christine Pope and I really liked it, but ultimately I decided I'm not going to talk about a Phantom retelling this time, Whoa. but it's very distressing. So I just kind of had to say that I'm not doing it this time because I felt like I was just going to talk about fan fiction. Um, and I've talked I about Roseblood. Thank you. But I've talked I about Roseblood twice on this, oh, on this podcast. So I decided not to talk about it again. So instead I did some digging, but I didn't want all my books to be about rockers. Cause I get sick of like rock star romance. And so I was trying to figure out like, what can I talk about instead? And I came across this book that my twin Sarah has been begging me to read for several years Begging me, pleading with me, please, Stacy, you'll love it, she said. And I kept blowing her off. I'm like, I don't want to read it right now. I don't want to read that author right now. I'm good. Well, I needed a third book for the episode because I decided not to talk about a phantom book, but I wanted something that wasn't a rock star or anything. And so I picked up this book and I'm so glad I did because it's a very, um, it's not a cookie cutter romance. And I'm talking about Painted Faces by L.H. Coseway. This book is about a young woman named Frida. 
who lives in um, Dublin. And Frida just has some difficulty with her filter, her humor sort of offbeat. She sort of sometimes struggles with saying the proper things to people. She's just very, um, very raw and honest. And her humor is a little offbeat. And she also has some pretty significant body image issues that she um, works on throughout the course of the book. And one day she comes home from picking up groceries and a new neighbor has moved in beside her and her roommate. And this new neighbor is this smoking hot man named Nicholas. But she doesn't know his name at first because he tells her to call him Vivica. And she's like, okay, Viv. And so she calls him Viv and he calls her Fred as all of her friends do. And she is very attracted to him and finds out over dinner that he is a cabaret star and has just relocated to Dublin um, to perform at a club. And he invites her and her roommate and some friends to go and watch him perform at this club. And she's all excited. And she gets to the club and realizes um, that it is a club for drag queens and that when he performs, he's performing in drag. And he has this beautiful voice. He's um, and she's attracted to both Nicholas, but also to his um, onstage persona, Vivica Blue. And fascinated by the way that he has been able to sort of redefine masculinity and what it means to be male versus female. And, you know, he's had a very rough past, as you may imagine. And Together, the two of them first build a friendship that turns into this very, very lovely romance. And I'm not going to say anything else about it, but I really love this book a lot, um, more than I was expecting to. And um, because whenever, whenever Sarah tells me to read something and bugs me, I always get annoyed and think I'm not going to like it as much as I end up ultimately doing. So I have to give her credit for recommending this. She told me I had to, um, and I would anyway. But anyway, so this again um, is Painted Faces by L.H. Coseway. And I will say the only thing that um, kept it from being 100% perfect for me, um, there was throughout the course of the book, there is a friend in the book who the primary reason for her being in this book, I think, is for slut shaming. Um, and I'm not a fan of that. And this book came out in 2012, and I don't know. It never is okay to do that, but I, I don't know, um, you know, if she's evolved in the way that she writes about other women, but there were just so many things uh, about sexuality and diversity and sexuality that I was surprised that throughout the course of the book, there was um, some degree of slut shaming for this one character. I always um, want to be like, get better friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you, you, you deserve I'm better friends. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave these people, and and so it just it it sort of was the only sour note. But the romance and the sort of discussions about you know what makes someone masculine or feminine, um, I found interesting and and lovely, and just the banter back and forth was really delightful. So um, I would encourage you to read Painted Faces by L.H. Coseway. Okay. So the first book I'm going to talk about has a wonderful title, Shannon. It's called Lick. Oh, Stage Dive. By, yeah, Stage Dive by Kylie Scott. And now this is funny because Lick can mean a bunch of, bunch of things. But if we're talking about music, you know, if we talk about licks, we're talking about guitar licks. Uh, you know, like a really nice riff, a really nice guitar sound. Sometimes we call them that. And so I thought that was a really cool uh, title to a book that's about a guitar band. So this is Lick by Kylie Scott, Stage Dive, book one. Imagine it's your 21st birthday and you have really huge plans to celebrate it in Vegas. You know, everybody has a dream about Vegas. So, but you wake up the next day on the bathroom floor with a oh. really ha big hangover <laughs> the next day. And there's a half-naked tattooed man in the hotel room with you. You don't remember how he got there. On top of that, you're wearing a humongous diamond because it turns out that you're married to this man. If you're, this is what happened to Evelyn Thomas. 
But it gets worse because not only is she married to this man, but who is this man? He's rock and roll's favorite son. He's the lead singer of a very, very, very famous band. And the worst part is, is that they don't know. Apparently their marriage was consensual. They got married in an Elvis chapel, but neither one of them remembers how this happened. And it's completely legal. Like they can't annul it. So um, she's in the, uh, the synopsis doesn't say this, but I read it. So I'll tell you, she ended up, she's the man she's married to. They call him the son of rock and roll because he's a very famous uh, lead singer to this band. And uh, it's just a really, really awesome book. Um, we get to know all of the musicians. It is the first book in the series. So each musician gets their story, the singer, the drummer, the pianist. And I love all of them. They're really unique. It's really funny. Uh, I love the way these heroines deal with what, I guess, what happens to them. And we get to hear about a lot of tour stories, tour buses, all this awesome, awesome stuff. So this is Lick Stage Dive Book One by Kylie Scott. Um, the second book that I'm going to talk about is, surprise, surprise, a nonfiction book. <gasps> what? I know. I bet you didn't know I read those sometimes, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I thought I would go a different route um, for music and um, talk about this book called My Voice by Angie Martinez. And Angie Martinez is a very famous big name, like hip hop and R&B DJ work, um, who started out at Hot 97, which is in New York, um, in very, very like huge, big name radio station. And um, she eventually went to Power 105, which I believe is in Florida, which is also another very big name, like syndicated station. Um, and this book, kind of chronicles her life with the rise of hip hop and how hip hop got its origins. And it goes through like the different rap stars and things like that and hip hop and R&B artists, um, you know, as a DJ, as someone, uh, it talks about her being a woman in a popular DJ and, you know, being what it's like to be a woman in radio. Um, and she is, Angie Martinez is, um, I believe that she is Puerto Rican, like half Puerto Rican and half black. Um, and it talks about like kind of some of her like ethnic roots and, um, and it, the book basically chronicles like her life through like the rise of hip hop through the seventies and what it was like in the eighties. And it kind of coincides with like a lot of her own life events as well. And um, it's just, it was just a very easy read and it was a real treat. And um, for even, I feel like even if someone isn't a fan of hip hop and R&B, um, just to see like how that music really was created and how it has influenced other genres in music culture um, it is well worth the read. And if you get it on Audible, you there is a foreword written by um, written by an R&B singer named J. Cole. And um, but if you get it on Audible, he actually reads it. And Angie Martinez reads the rest of her own book, which is great because um, when she puts like rap lyrics and things like that in there, she actually does the raps. And so that's really cool. And you just get like such a sense of her own personality and her style. Um, and, you know, like her life has not always been like roses and it goes through some of her tragedies and triumphs. Um, and I read it shortly after it came out because someone suggested it to me and it was well worth it. So again, the book is called My Voice by Angie Martinez. Perfect. So I tend to read very little nonfiction, um, judge if you want, but what I do love are memoirs. So I think that this is one I'm going to have to pick up and check out. Yay. So I also have a memoir for my second pick. 
Um, but it's sort of like the, the opposite of a sort of hip hop DJ memoir. This is Stand Up Straight and Sing by Jesse Norman. And Jesse Norman <gasps> is like the most famous African-American opera singer. Um, we don't hear a lot about black opera singers. Like we just don't. And as somebody who has trained in classical voice, I can attest to the fact that the world of opera and the world of, of classical music in general is like super white and super ableist and not always like the best place to be. Um, but Jesse Norman grew up in the segregated South and she came to her love of music as many people do through the church. She studied piano, she studied voice, but she was like a, a gospel singer for all intents and purposes. Like this is the music that she grew up on. This is the music that she loves. But as she sort of grew into her talent, she also began to discover the world of opera and the ways in which opera influences her um, kind of come as a surprise to her since like life on the stage is not necessarily something that she thought you know, that she would be up for. But she does a lot of really intense um, training in opera. And it talks about sort of the, the barriers that are put in her path um, because she's Black and because many people don't want people who aren't white to be on the classical stage, which is a really crappy way of conducting things. But there we are. And I really loved hearing sort of the, the story of someone else who sort of is, is a fish out of water in that setting. Um, for me, you know, I've, I've performed classically and I will always be deeply grateful for the role that classical music has played in my life. But just for the sake of, of clear, true transparency, it's not it's not a super welcoming place if you don't fit their, their idea of what a classical singer should be. And Jesse Norman sort of flew in the face of all of that. And she talks really candidly about the ways in which that was difficult for her, but also the ways in which it has brought her so much peace and I've heard her perform, um, not, not live in person, but you can look her up on YouTube and she is stunning in pretty much every possible way. Um, if you have a lot of knowledge of opera, this book will feel like super familiar to you. It was almost like a, a homecoming read for me. I loved it so much. But even if you're not an opera fan, I think just to sort of understand the ways in which race and gender and socioeconomic class, like the role that these things play in an industry where, you know, people sometimes like to think that like the classical music is, is perfect the way it is. And just like everything else, it's not, it has to evolve. It has to change. And Jesse Norman is just a shining example of the ways in which this can happen. So this once again is Stand Up Straight and Sing, a memoir by Jesse Norman. Something else that will be added to my TBR. Yes, it's on Bard. Didn't she grow oh. up in Augusta? Yes, she did. She's from Augusta, Georgia, which is where yes. I'm from originally. So I was like, yeah, I know who Jesse Norman is. Yes. So I am going to break from talking about memoirs because I kept my music reading rather light this evening and fiction. And I'm going to talk to you about Kristen Callahan and her oh. VIP series. And it's a series about a band, a rock band, of course. But I'm going to talk to you about Managed, which is VIP series number two by Kristen Callahan. And Managed focuses on Gabriel Scott, who is the manager of Kill John, which is an enormously, wildly successful rock band. And this book is his story. 
and his way of fitting into a group, um, his found family and, you know, the role that he plays without having a musical background and his job in his mind is to take care of all of those that he loves. And that includes all of the band members. And he's very stuffy in his suits, very <laughs> rigid, very um, outwardly posh and just not one for humor, not one for any of that. He's just very serious. And then he shares to his dismay, his first class accommodations flying from, I believe, New York to London with this young, vibrant woman named Sophie Darling. And Sophie Darling is going to London for a job interview, but she doesn't really know precisely with whom she's interviewing. All she knows is that um, she is going to, if, um, if chosen, if selected, she'll be doing social media. She'll be doing photography and social media for someone. And so on the plane, Gabriel Scott does not know that Sophie Darling is coming to a job interview and for whom she is interviewing. But all he knows is that she's sitting with him in his what's supposed to be private seat because he's terrified to fly, you see. And having someone witness his inability to stay starchy and serious <laughs> and stick up his bottom, you know, he can't really do that when he's having a panic attack. So they talk to each other all the way to London. He ends up in her arms as she comforts him during turbulence. Only to realize as they're getting close to landing that Sophie Darling is actually interviewing to be the band photographer for Kill John. <laughs> and whoopsies. And she's seen him undone and unstarched and without the stick in his buttocks. And so what happens is the two of them form this sort of frenemies sort of friendship, if you will. And she sees beyond his, you know, priggish facade. And he loves all of the, you know, it's the classic grumpy versus sunshine, which is one of my favorite tropes. Um, grumpy one and sunshine one or whatever you call it. And this book, uh, she goes on tour with the band because, of course, she's hired to be the photographer. And she gets to sort of see the ins and outs of what it is like to be in a rock band, but from a different perspective. And as they're traveling Europe together, she is falling more and more for the uptight and utterly wonderful Gabriel Scott. And I love this book a lot. I thought it was great. I love the found family aspect. Um, I... Um, I liked the relationship that they had. Um, Kristen Callahan could just write the word trash like over and over again. It would probably end up being like a bestseller for me. Like I just, I love Kristen Callahan. Like she's just an excellent writer. She's really good at, um, you know, crafting these really interesting characters, um, even in the new, new adult genre, which I tend to sort of stay far away from. Um, the whole series is good, but I, I especially enjoyed this one because it comes at the rock scene from a different perspective. And that is as manager and photographer. So again, this book is managed VIP number two by Kristen Callahan. Go forth and read. This sounds very good. Oh, I love her. This I love her books extremely so good. I've only read her darkest London books. But oh. I love them. So I will have to look at some of her other stuff. So my next book I'm going to talk about is by an author new to me that was actually recommended to me by Sarah. So I'm sure she's going to squee yes, <laughs> about these books. But this is about a rock band called Ashes and Embers by Carrie and Cole. The first book is called Storm. And this is an another series where each book is about a different character. What I really like about this band is that it's a family in particular. It's a family rock band and their Ooh. parents were great musicians themselves they were very famous and they had their kids and so their kids and their nieces and nephews got together and did their own things together and apart um so i think that's really cool i, I love like you know i love music so family and music family business stuff makes me happy in my books so this book is about storm 
And this is about meeting. If you like books where people meet in like strange places, this is it. Um, and yet it's told from the point of view of Evelyn or also known as Evie. And Evie has a boyfriend uh, in the beginning of the novel. And um, he he's kind of like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about him. I'll be honest because when we when I started these books, I didn't even know what it was about. I didn't read a synopsis or anything. I just saw it in my, it was one of those days where I was like, ah, let me start it. And the first sentence grabbed me. So Evie says that she has no idea that crashing into a ditched, ditch sorry, would make her life change forever. But apparently fate had other plans. So, you know, I think she gets into a fight with her boyfriend or something like that. And she's driving and, well, the weather just gets bad. And she gets trapped in the middle of a blizzard with a stranger in the back of a pickup truck for two days. 48 hours. Can you imagine? But it turns out that this stranger is, you know, he has long hair. He has tattoos. He's rippling with muscle. But... Although all that stuff sounds attractive, what's the main kicker is that he's Storm Valentine, who's like a super, super, super famous rock star. And apparently he has a really sexy voice and a really nice smile. And he really makes Evelyn wonder why cheating on her, you know, she has to think three times as to why she should not cheat on her boyfriend. (laughs) But this stranger set a fire in her that she couldn't put out. And worst, she didn't know she was trapped with this guy. Like she, she didn't know who he was. She had, he had, she had no idea about the band. Didn't know he was a guitarist. Didn't know who he was. And you know, this guy, Storm Valentine, he's used to getting everything he wants. And for some reason, he's decided that he wants Evelyn. Dun dun dun. So you know, some people st- chase storms for a thrill. I don't know why, but they do. But what happens if the storm chases you? Ooh. Ooh. If you want to know. This is Storm, Ashes and Embers, book one by Karen Cole. And I will give you a disclaimer because I know I've said before that I don't like cheating books. Um, this is not a cheating book, even though uh, Evelyn does have a boyfriend um, in the beginning of the novel. There, there's no there's no nothing you can't live with if you don't like cheating books. I, I figured I'd put that out there. Awesome. Yes. Have you read these? I have not. I have the first one on my list of things to read. All right. So for my last book for the evening, um, I'm taking us way back. Yay. And um, I'm taking us to that prolific empress of romance, one Nora Roberts. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk about a book that I feel like is one of the most underrated books that she has written. Oh no! And one of my favorites, though. Yeah, I feel like it's really underrated. Um, like I feel like not enough people know about it. So I want to talk about Public Secrets by Nora Roberts. It is a I would say it's a family saga (laughs) wrapped up in like one book. And it is um, about a man who is becoming like a pop star and he suddenly finds out, oops, I have a daughter. (laughs) Um, And he ends up rescuing her and her name is Emma. And, And Brian, who is the father, you know, is like, he has no idea about how to be a dad, but darn it, he's going to be one. And, um, and it just talks about like this band's rise to fame and all of the things that can happen. And I kind of felt like it was like both a love letter to found family and to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, and so we get to see Emma um, as a child um, when something extremely tragic happens when she's a child and it affects the entire family and we get to see her like through her teenage years and when she's first going to college and when she's out of college and like just trying to figure out her life um, as she has been kind of 
um, sheltered after this very tragic event by her family and friends. Um, and, and the hero is um, Michael Kessering, who they kind of meet over the years, kind of in and out of meetings. And it's almost like, it's almost like one of those books where it has like all those different timelines, but from different people's perspectives. And it is just like this great big musical odyssey and this huge drama and saga about uh, really about the whole family and how they come to grips with this tragedy and they try to move forward. And, um, and there's like second chance romance in there. And there's like someone struggling with domestic violence and dealing with the aftermath of that. I mean, it's a pretty, it is a very heavy book. Um, and I think it was printed like in 1995, but man, it is just, it is so, so good. And Nora Roberts excels at like finding, I feel like she just throws a dart at a map and is like at a job board. It is like what, whatever career it is that this thing lands on, I'm going to do all the research possible on it <laughs> because she does. Um, and it's really, it's just a really fantastic book and it'll make you cry and it'll just make you like want to root for everybody good in the story. Um, so again, it is Public Secrets by Nora Roberts. Oh, I have to go read it again. I know, I- right? I feel uh, like I really agree with you that at its core, it's a love letter to music. Like I really do like just the way that she wrote about the band and the way that music itself almost became like a living. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really well done. I love that book. I like sort of the way it looks at like the cost of fame and like the way that fame effects like not just the famous people themselves but like their whole their whole families like everyone kind of in their sphere yeah i loved public secrets so much i actually just reread it um i think less than a year ago maybe like towards the end of 2020 and i remember i read it on an airplane the first time and it it was so sad but when i reread it it's a good plane book it is i know like the flight was so much shorter but um, I think it hurt me the first time I read it, but the second time it really killed me because I had a toddler the same age as oh. as the baby, and and it and and like everything Bev was was feeling it was so so poignant to me. I had to pause the the book and like take a deep breath and just <sighs> continue, but. Oh my god, I enjoyed it so much. I love when Nora Roberts writes books like that. I'm very excited for the next one that she's coming out. Oh, Nora. So my last pick tonight is a 2021 debut. This is The Final Revival of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton. And this is, if you read um, Taylor Jenkins Reads Daisy Jones and the Six, This sort of has that same like fake oral history feel. So this is the story of Opal and Nev and they are this sort of unlikely duo. Um, Nev has these dreams of being this like up and coming pop star. He wants to honor his mother who was a very, very talented musician and she died sort of unexpectedly. So now he's like wanting to be famous sort of because he loves music, but also because he feels like that's what his mother would have wanted for him. We then have Opal and Opal is a young black woman who is sort of coming out of her sister's shadow. Her sister is technically the better, more accomplished singer. But her sister is now engaged to a pastor and really wrapped up in religious life, which is not something that Opal is into at all. So she starts going to these like kind of underground like punk rock clubs and starting to she starts to make kind of a name for herself. And Nev and his manager are on the lookout for this sort of extra 
thing that his music needs. And they hear Opal sing one night and they decide that Opal and Nev could like be dynamite together. And it's true. They are in so many ways. They are just 100% like what the world wants. And yet there's all sorts of tensions between them, um, partly because they grew up in, in very different ways. And at the end of the day, they want very different things when it comes to their fame. Um, there is a tragedy that occurs pretty early on in the book, and it results in the death of one of the band members. And it's actually his daughter who is sort of compiling this oral history. Like, you know, years later, she's going back and she's looking at this sort of phenomenon of Opal and Nev and what made them famous. Um, they are considering a reunion tour, which is what sort of prompts her to start interviewing people and compiling all this information. She also wants to know about her father because he died um, before she was born. And she doesn't really have much information about him. Her mother has always refused to talk about her dad's time on the road and the relationship that he had with Opal and sort of the rivalry that existed between him and Nev. Um, it's one of those books that really makes you feel like these people exist, like you're going to want to go and Google them after you read this and like find all the details that were left out of the oral history. But of course you can't because these are, are fictional characters, but they come to life so well. And if you get this um, as an audiobook. It's done with a full cast, so you actually have the true like oral history feel. You feel like people are just having these conversations about these famous people, and some of these people, um, you know, talk like very reverently about Opal and Nev and like the things that made them famous. And some people are not so kind, not so generous. Um, but it's just a really, really awesome look at race, at friendship, at love at music and kind of how all these things pull together to make this really complex story. So this is The Final Revival of Opal and Nev, and it's by Donnie Walton. I was going to ask you about the, if there was a full cast, yes. that would make me, that would make me buy this book. I'm, I'm so... going to grab this book for sure. Yes. It's very much like Daisy Jones and the Six did this as well with this sort of um like oral history and it's and you can tell in daisy jones and the six that it's like sort of an homage to fleetwood mac um but this one is just like totally original there's not anyone that you're gonna think of and be like oh yeah like opal and nev i bet they're really you know mm -hmm. these people um but it was just such a stellar stellar read Every once in a while, my friends, you stumble across a hidden gem of a book by an author you've never heard of in your whole damn life. And you see that it just, this, this book doesn't have a ton of ratings. It doesn't seem to be hugely popular, but it's like the absolutely most perfect book. And tonight, that book for me is Rise, Rock Solid Number One. And it's by Karina Bliss. And where That's has Karina Bliss... Name. Right. And where has she been all my life? Because this book came out in 2015. And I've never freaking heard of it. Like, ever. I don't know anything about it. I've never heard of this author. Um, so this book is about Xander. And he is a rocker. Has been a rocker since his youth. He's now close to 40 and he's staging, he's staging this ginormous comeback tour of his band. His original band all sort of folded for reasons I won't get into. And he's decided that his time in the spotlight is not over. He's not done being Xander the rock star. And so he actually forms a new band for, he does this through a reality show. And then he decides they're going to go on their first like comeback tour. And he decides that he needs someone to chronicle his life. He's already fired two biographers. He 
so, but the one he really wants, her name's Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is this very academic woman in her middle 30s who tends to write about people very, very long dead. She's never written about someone still living. And Elizabeth is living her quiet life in New Zealand and just sort of doing her own thing when she is approached by Xander with the request to write his memoir. And she's very reluctantly intrigued by this larger than life, sort of like over the top gorgeous man who is, you know, always just giving her enough of the truth to keep her intrigued, enough of the story to keep her intrigued. And he just, he, projects this very shallow facade that Elizabeth is interested in sort of cracking and kind of getting more into the depths of who this man is. So she agrees to travel with him and his new band on this tour. And during this tour, she's going to learn who is Xander Friedman and what makes him who he is now. And there are some trials along the way. Um, There are things that Xander is keeping not only from Elizabeth, but from his band, from everyone. Um, There are some things about Xander that he doesn't want Elizabeth to learn. Elizabeth is actually not the very um, sort of stereotypical preacher's daughter that she sort of portrays. Um, And on this tour, she's able to sort of let her true personality out and this book is probably the most gorgeous thing I could have read um it's it's a it's a rock star romance it's true but it's a slow burn it's very character driven and the writing is just so incredibly lovely and evocative and paints this picture of this man who's been in this in the spotlight for so many years and you know his reluctance to let anyone see below the, like the very surface kind of facade that he's crafted to keep himself protected. And it's a really, really gorgeous book. And again, it is rise rock solid. Number one by Karina bliss. Wow. This is one I've heard of. I've heard people talk about it, but I've never actually read it. (laughs) Sounds lovely. It is great. I, I, I don't know, like, you know, she has several other books um, that I've seen on Goodreads in the past couple days as I've been looking, but I had never heard of her. I've never heard of this book. And what I like about it is these characters are not 23. You know, she's 35. He's almost 40. They've, there's some living that's been done. And even when things closer to the end, you know, they have to have their, because it's a romance, you know, there has to be some sort of the, the um, conflict. Yes. Even so it's it's handled in a mature manner. It doesn't, They don't like devolve into like, you know, juvenile behavior. And it's just such a gorgeous, unexpectedly deep book. All right. So the last book I'm talking about today, I guess I'm talking about rockers. I don't know if like there's just a lot of books about rockers when you think about music. Um, But I figured I wanted to talk about these books number one because we always talk about this author, but we talk about her paranormal stuff and we never talk about what she does in the contemporary market other than like the mysteries. We don't talk about her romances. And also I really enjoyed these books. Like I read them one after another, after another, after another, and there's like four of them. So if I inhaled them, that means they were really good. So this is Rock Addiction, Rock Kiss number one by Nalini Singh. And this is about Molly Webster who is traumatized by a really ugly scandal that tore apart her childhood. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to read the book. But basically, it really destroyed her in the media, and she's decided that she's not going to have any kind of public persona, uh, no fame, ordinary life, no impropriety, no pain. But then she meets Zachary Fox. He's a bad boy rocker tattooed gorgeous but he has a voice like whiskey and sin now when you hear that when i hear that i wonder what does a voice like whiskey sound like and what alcoholic beverage does my voice sound like can can i have a voice like rum punch a punch of rum 
Is that a thing? Like some kind of wine or I don't know. Like it's weird when alcohol has a sound. (laughs) Right. Like does that mean my voice is like strawberry daiquiri? (laughs) But not only does he have a voice like whiskey and sin, but his touch can become an addiction. And, you know, a one night stand. It was all that that was meant to be, you know, one night with the hottest rock star on the planet. Who wouldn't pass that up? No questions, no strings, no nothing. Except that Fox is promising Molly dangerous heat and scorching pleasure so that she will extend their one night stand. Because, of course, he doesn't want it to just be that. But he's, you know, trying to get what he can get at this point. But. You know, it never works out like that. Even though he promises that he'll be gone forever after a certain allotted amount of time. Uh, you know, when it comes to sex, sin, and sensual indulgence, well, things happen because it isn't only Molly's body that's become addicted, but also her heart. So now what does she do? I guess to find out, you have to read the book. Rock Addiction, Rock Kiss, number one by Nalini Singh and I loved this series so so much this is another you know every musician gets a book and what I like about the three I know that I spoke about three different rock series but that's what I like about them they're all different uh different different uh, band different problems different people different senses of humor all, all three authors have very unique characteristics so if you like music in your novels, reading about musicians, reading about tours, you know, good, good sense of humor, uh, I would urge you to pick up any of the books I talked about. And this brings us to the end of our episode on books that revolve around music. And there are so many more that we couldn't talk about. So we'll have to do this again. Thank yes. you. To Mika, Stacy, and Natalia for coming up with such excellent books. Thanks, as always, goes out to Christine for all of her editing. And thank you so much to each and every one of us, uh, every one of you who joins us each week as we talk about fantastic books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.